the volume. All right, welcome into a special edition of the best gambling show ever. We got NBA play in games, Alex Monaco, kicking it with Liv Moods. Great to be back with you, Liv. Yes. Traveling you. around the world a little, getting some nice, some nice world traveling in, probably just getting getting in a nice energetic space for betting here on this nice little exactly. NBA playoff run. Exactly. I just needed a little breather just before the playoffs started. So now I'm ready to go and ready to talk some betting, make some money. I'm pumped. All right. Let's get into the first play-in game, a game I'm shocked that the Brooklyn Nets are in and have to play, but it is what it is. They are the seven seed going against the Cavs. So just to break down for people out there real quick. So the seven plays the eight, nine plays the 10, the seven and eight team, whoever wins that is in the playoffs. That team that loses this game tonight, Cleveland or Brooklyn, still has a shot to play the Heat. They'll play the winner of the nine, 10 seed Hornets Hawks. So that's how the playing game goes. It's a little weird because normally it's seven, 10, eight, nine in all categories of brackets, but that's how the NBA does it. So this isn't win or go home, this Brooklyn Cavs game live, but it's a nine and a half point spread. Yep. The books are clearly expecting Brooklyn to win. They are now over the minus 400 threshold on the money line, minus 450. Let's get your thoughts first, first on tonight's game. I mean, the spread, to be honest with you, is very shocking to me. And I get it that it's this Nets team. And I think a lot of people are surprised they're even in this position um, because of kind of the hype that built around built around them before the season even started. And just looking at their roster, you would not expect them to be in this position with guys like Kyrie and Katie, but giving them almost 10 points um, just seems like a lot. This is a team that in the regular season only covered in 44% of their games against the spread. They were 44% and at home, they were a abysmal 22%. So I am shook that we are getting 10 points for this Nets team. I think taking the Cavs with the points is the right move in this game. I think their roster is incredible. I think guys like Darius Garland are in serious conversation for rookie of the year, obviously. And I'm sorry, not rookie of the year. Um, most improved, right? Most improved is kind of the conversation yeah. for him right now. Um, he has obviously played stellar and I think he continues to play stellar for this Cavaliers team, but even guys rookie of the year, Evan Mobley, you've got guys like him that are just absolutely incredible. So I, I am shook to have the Nets um, as almost 10 point favorites in this spot, just based on the way that they've covered the spread throughout the entire regular season. So I have to go with the Cavs here. The Cavs with the points is the way that I'm going in this game. Yeah, it's tricky, Liv, because I is. mean, geez, I'm looking at these numbers. The Nets are three and 23 against the spread as a home favorite. Like that's just a three that's and ugly. 23. They don't cover, but oh. the Cavs have kind of been spiraling here a little bit. They've, only covered one of their last seven road games. They've lost seven straight road games against teams with a winning record, and they've lost on the spread eight of their last 11 on the road in this matchup. So it's it's concerning. Like, it's a stay away, like, slash prop approach for me. I think a Nets double result. I, I was on it yesterday talking about it. The Nets have won three of the four games against the Cavs, and they've won three of those halves those first halves and I think it's around minus 180 
So FanDuel has those nice same game parlays. KD's averaging, I think somewhere around 29 against the Cavs in three games this year. He sat out one. So Cavs double, res- or excuse me, Nets double result with a little KD 25 plus points to lower that minus 180. That's probably my favorite play. I still lean with you, though, on Cleveland with the points if I have to pick because it's such a large number. And let's not forget, the Cavs were top five against the spread almost the entire season. Yep. They're a good cover. I just just think you look at trends. When when you're looking at betting trends and you're looking at a, you know, every once in a while you've got a team that can't cover and, you know, you got fluke things. Like, I don't want to call the Pistons a fluke because they can they covered very consistently and very surprisingly throughout the season. But, you know, you've got moments where like the Rockets will cover in a game that they probably shouldn't be covering in. And you've got those moments, but to consistently be as bad against the spread as this Nets team has been, it's just hard to argue with that. So, you know, again, it's a risky move when you're betting, I don't want to say against, but kind of against guys like Katie, Kyrie. Uh, But I have to, I just, the, the way that they have covered or sorry, lack of covering the spread, I just I gotta rock with the with the Cavs here. Is there any player props you like in this game? I think it's a big Darius Garland night. Um, I, I really do. And I and I'm actually looking right now at just kind of defense versus position, how the Nets and how the Cavs have been throughout the season. And uh the Nets don't give up a ton of points in the last seven anyway to opposing point guards, but we know that in the last I want to say three matchups. A lot of starters have been sitting. It hasn't really been, you know, your, your normal starting lineups, your, your normal games. Um, So I, I, I don't know, but I think it's Darius Garland is in a lot of conversations right now. I actually asked Twitter yesterday, who was the most underrated player in the NBA and more answers than not were talking about Darius Garland and the impact that he's had on Cleveland and the fact that he's not really getting the respect that he deserves. Um, so I really like him in the spot. I think this is a great, he, he seems to me like a showtime type of guy. Uh, you know, he's going to rise to the occasion. He's going to rise to the talent that he's facing. So I really like this to be a Garland night. I, I feel very wishy-washy about the whole Kevin Durant and Kyrie thing. It feels like it's one or the other most games, which can be a little nerve wracking. Um, but I do lean kind of having Kyrie do more of the offensive role in this game. I think Kevin Durant, um, facing guys like Evan Mobley, Kevin Durant's going to really try to be dominant defensively in this game, really try to get a lot of, uh, you know, rebounds and assists even. So I do lean Kyrie with the points and Garland with the points haven't solidified those yet. Um, I will be dropping props later today, but I do think we'll see big games offensively from guys like Kyrie and, and, uh, Darius Garland. Yeah, I like them both. I'm, I'm looking at a Kyrie player prop as well. He's averaging 26.7 in his six home games. It's also, I hate to be this guy, but I love, I love looking at every angle. He's going against the X. I mean, let's not forget this man started his career in Cleveland. Yep. So he, yep. he's looking the ball out and you made a good observation. I actually went to a Nets game, uh, Nets Bucks mm-hmm. game the other week and KD was really doing it all. He almost got a triple double. He was kind of delegating, not looking to be just that lethal scorer. Meanwhile, Kyrie just can put up a quiet 20, 25 and he's, and he's not even really dominating. He's just kind of coasting. So I I think he has a big game tonight. I see him getting over 25 uh, as well. So I'm with you on that one. I, I don't see why Garland couldn't hit any props either. The Nets don't play many, many, Many possessions with lockdown defense. Yep. Love it. All right. Let's move on to the second game. This is my favorite play of probably all four games in the play-in tournament. 
the Clippers, I'll put a little, a little clue on where I'm at, are getting plus three, and I think the wrong team is favored. But the T-Wolves are at home, minus 162 on the money line, minus three. I'll defer to you first, but I am all in on the Clippers tonight. <laughs> I am too. I mean, I think when you get, first of all, I want to give some respect or a shout out to the Clippers because I think when, and I talked about this on a show that we previously had about when Kyrie, or I'm sorry, Kawhi, there's a lot of K's going on right now. When Kawhi and Paul George went out, I think a lot of people were like, we're giving up on the Clippers. I was one of them. I just didn't really see the potential for them to be anything magnificent, to be honest with you. And they held their own. They really, really did on both sides of the ball. They were really a, a very competitive team. I'm not going to say they were entirely strong every game, but they were very competitive. And you throw Paul George back in the mix. And I just don't see how this Clippers team doesn't at least cover three, but it, win the game outright. In my opinion, I do think it'll be a very high scoring affair. Um, three point balls coming from the Timberwolves, I think will be at an all time high. Um, you've got guys like Carl Anthony towns alone. He won the three point contest at all-star weekend. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. There's a lot of guys on this Timberwolves team that can really, really step up, especially from the three point line and be very high volume shooters. So I, I like the over in this game as well, but I'm with you. I like Clippers plus three, but I do think it's a high scoring affair. I don't know how much defense will be played, but I do think offensively it is going to go back and forth and back and forth. You throw Paul George back in the mix. That's even more points on the board. Um, and I think he absolutely keeps them in this one. So I am with you. I, I like both of the dogs in these first two games tonight. I like, I like the Clippers to cover and I like the Cavs to cover. So I'm with you. Let's go. I just, think it's phenomenal timing for the Clippers right now I mean they've won six of their last seven since Paul George has been in the lineup five straight also let's not understate Norman Powell coming back he's had 20 plus points in his last two games this Clippers team that comeback and I was on the Jazz they were a plus 15 and a half point underdog in the fourth quarter against the Jazz on the Paul George comeback game and they came back and won. They've done this several times to your point of just really always being pesky, always staying in games. And then you look at Minnesota, two and seven against the spread down the stretch, four and five straight up. They've, they've lost four straight against the spread and they don't play the Clippers well. They lost three of four against them. You go back to last year, their Clippers have covered four or five against them. A, a large stat that's not super prevalent, but they've covered 15 of 22 meetings in Minnesota. I just think Minnesota, look, they're scoring 118. They're giving up 122 in the last nine games. And what Paul George has done in this return, their plus minus is plus 13 right now. Liv. They're putting up, I think it could go over very well. They're putting up 125 in their last six games and they're giving up 112. I just think, Ty Lue is, is really an excellent playoff coach, players coach. We got the coaching edge. And last thing I'll say is Carl Anthony Towns has only averaged 15 points against this Clippers team in four games. He had an eight-point outing one night. So I don't know what this Clippers scheme is. I don't want to necessarily say it's Zubat shutting him down. Let's not understate Covington, too. This team is like eight, nine deep and Reggie Jackson's put up 20 plus in three of those four games against the T-Wolves this year as well. So 
him having to carry the one overall player on this team for most of the year and then being in this position just makes the Lakers look that much worse is really how I'll end this. Agreed. I agree. All right, let's flip to tomorrow. We have two more playing games. Yep. Let's start with the first one, which is Hornets Hawks in Atlanta right now. Spreads moved a little open to four and a half. Hornets are plus five and plus 168 on the money line over under a whopping 236 and a half, rightfully so. How you feeling about LaMelo Ball's playoff debut? You know, this is a tough one for me because from a betting perspective, I, I don't know who I was talking to recently, um, but I was talking to people about, you know, the NBA and the teams that I do and don't trust to bet on. Um, the Hornets is one of those teams I just don't trust to bet on, but I also feel the same way a little bit about the Hawks. I think the Hawks are a really strong team. Um, Trey Young, when he is on, there is not a single person, in my opinion, that can really slow him down. I mistakenly took his under in one game and I will never, ever do it again because I think he had like 20 something at halftime. And I was like, yeah, great. That's dead. Um, so, but these teams to me are very, very difficult to get a read on. Um, you don't really know what you're going to get from either one of these teams throughout the regular season. That's how I felt anyway. I will say, I think the Hornets downfall is defense and it has been the entire regular season. They have struggled defensively. They have struggled as a team. Um, when it comes to rebounding, they have been just kind of a train wreck in my opinion, defensively. So I do think defense in the playoffs is so important, especially with a guy like Trey Young playing at home. If you cannot get him under control, it is going to be a long night for the Charlotte Hornets. So because of the defense thing, I do lean the Hawks covering the spread here. I just think the Hornets defensively are not strong. They haven't been strong throughout the regular season. I don't think they're going to get strong now. And Trey Young playing at home versus a team that just doesn't defend well, I just think that the Hawks will be able to cover that spread. Even if it is at five, I do lean Hawks to cover. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I definitely think the Hawks will win. This is another one I think you could take the Hawks on the money line, a little same-game parlay. It's tough. I mean, the Hornets are the sixth best cover in the NBA, at wrapping it up here. They cover the spread, and they're a very good road cover too. So statistically, I'm a little nervous about that. I do see something here I want to talk out with you. Trey Young against mm-hmm. Charlotte has only averaged 20 points and shot 37% from the field. And when Atlanta has Young shooting under 38%, they're 6-14 and 14 on the year, which is a little concerning. But again, it's ice tray in the playoffs. And like, No, that's I, where I struggle. What he did. That's what I, that's where I struggle because trends wise, the, the, the game that I took Trey Young's under the under made sense. I will stand by that. I looked at every number. I looked at every trend. I'm like, he is, you know, they're going to lock him up. The under makes sense here, but Trey Young in the playoffs and under, and that combination to me just doesn't feel right. Now, like you said, if they can get him under control defensively, which they have before, um, I think the Hornets covering that five point spread is absolutely possible, but God, it's ice tray. I just cannot, I, I feel like I cannot fade ice tray in the playoffs at home. I just can't. Yeah. I, they look, they it's both hard. won. They both won. They went two and two against each other. They both won one on the road and one at home against one another. I do have two 
Hawks supporting trends for our listeners. The Hawks have won their last nine home games against teams with winning records, and they've also covered the spread in their last six as a favorite. So they have been playing better. It's just been a weird, odd, quiet season for Atlanta, who, again, kind of shocked the Eastern Conference by going all the way against the Bucs in the finals. And then they've just really kind of been mediocre all season. But I think... This could be a good game. I think to ultimately I'm coming to the conclusion that you are, which is the Hornets, a bottom three defensive team and points given up. If it's a, if it's two bow races, a two offenses going all out, I'll take the Hawks. And then, you know, maybe we get a nice little cover three, four point lead at the end, unnecessary foul. Vegas is sick. We all go home with a W. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll swallow the five with you. I'm, I'm on board with the Hawks covering. Okay, cool. We're, we're, we agree. I love that. All right, I'm excited to get your thoughts on this one. You really only are interested in this game if you're into sports betting, I would say. A casual fan is going to say, oh, I'm not watching Spurs Pelicans on a Wednesday night. But we got an interesting line here. The Spurs are getting five right now on FanDuel and plus 180 on the money line. I'm loving this number right now. They've won three or four against the Pelicans. I got some stats for you, but are you leaning New Orleans? And again, is Zion playing? Is this just Twitter rumors? Like what's going on? Cause I'm almost perplexed why the Pelicans are minus five. Yeah. I, I don't really understand the line either. Um, but I got to tell you, there is something about this Spurs team. And I have, I have said it throughout the season. They are exciting. They're electric. And I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if it's the Spurs or if it's DeJounte Murray, but regardless, they are fun to watch. And I think they're highly competitive. And so I lean Spurs to cover here. And I hate that I'm taking mostly underdogs to cover the spread um, in these first two rounds of games. But I really like this Spurs team a lot. I think the Pelicans, I believe they still won't have Brandon Ingram. Um, I think him, you know, not playing and being injured has definitely made a huge difference for this Pelicans team. But then you look at guys like CJ McCollum, who I got to witness um, both him and Ingram in Denver um, playing the Nuggets. And offensively, this Pelicans team is also very electric, exciting and competitive. So I actually do think this will be a high scoring affair. So I do think the over is is a bet that you could probably look at. I think if you get the Spurs, both either team can get hot from the three. I mean, you've got a center in Valanciunas. How many times? you have a center that can actually shoot the three ball and Valanciunas can. Um, so I think right off the bat, I'm looking at both of these starting lineups going, okay, this, this to me looks like a high scoring affair. So I lean Spurs to cover. I think the more comfortable bet for me is the over just because I do think there will be less defense, more offense two teams that are pretty strong from the three point or from the three point line as well. So I don't know. I really, I don't love this matchup um, because I think it's just one of those where it's like, I don't know, but it is weird to me that the Pelicans are getting five points. So I do lean Spurs plus five. I love DeJounte Murray. Um, I like him to do a little bit of everything in that game. So I may be looking at a triple double for him in that matchup. Um, but I lean Spurs plus five more comfortable bet for me would be the over. I like it. I, I'm, I'm loving plus five. I, I, the Spurs three and one against them on the season. They've won five of their last six at, the Smoothie King Center. What a name for an arena, by the way. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'll take a raspberry with some whey protein, please. No, but this Spurs team, like, they're very, they're in very good form right oh now, as soccer gosh. fans would say. Like, they've won their last four as underdogs against the Pelicans. Outright. Yeah. Outright. They 
have covered the spread in seven straight games. This team was plus money in Vegas to make the play-in tournament all the way up until we realized they got to play the Blazers twice at the end. This team is very good. And then on your DeJounte Murray thought, I think you should absolutely fire on the triple-double. He's averaging 18, 9.8, and 10 assists against them this season. That's literally a triple-double pretty much. I think McCollum's a good play on a player prop as well. He's averaging 29 against the Spurs in three games. I think that's a good play for people out there to take the over on him. He's just been an excellent addition to this team. I'm going to stay away from the over-under. Um, I just, I feel really good about the Spurs. I might sprinkle on the money line as well. I just think better coach, a little more of a prepared team. That's really playing better right now. Yeah. And I just think the Spurs team is, is hitting this Pelicans game at a, at a time where it's very good for plus five to hit. I, I feel really Agreed. good about plus five. Agreed. I like it. All right. Any other last minute props anything else you're flirting with or we we good to go we're we're in agreement on all four this is exciting i'm a little scared but also terrifying yeah (laughs) no No, i think these are good numbers we're taking three dogs this is this is you this is your form in the nfl when you take dogs you do well so i I like to see you yeah thinking the same way in the nba plans I'm excited. I think there's one, this is kind of an underdog prop that I'm looking at just because of the value that you get for it. And I I get a lot of people on Twitter that are like, why aren't you, why don't you bet on like the, the main guys or, you know, like the Paul Georges in a matchup and the Carl Anthony Towns. Why do you always go for like the, the people that don't, that nobody bets on. And the reason is, is because Vegas hasn't gotten their lines right. And that's where I usually make the money because these guys aren't as consistent or whatever, but I do really, really love this spot for Nicholas Batum tonight versus the Timberwolves. And the reason being is that in the last seven, the Timberwolves are giving up the third most points to opposing power forwards at 26.76, not to mention Batum is averaging 12.3 points versus the Timberwolves this season. That's in three games. Now I do think there's a little bit of like, okay, well, Paul George is back. So will he have less of an offensive role? And of course that's something to consider, but I think, all starters in this for this Clippers team have to show up. It cannot just be Paul George. And Batum's line right now is at seven and a half. So the fact that he's averaging 12 and a half, he's facing a Timberwolves team that does not guard power forwards very well at all. I am kind of liking over seven and a half. The value is minus 106. Um, I'm obviously also liking Paul George. His line's at 27 and a half. And the Timberwolves are giving up, I believe, the third or fourth most points. Um, the third most points to opposing shooting guards at 25.80 in the last seven. So I am liking Paul George and Batum to be two very strong offensive guides tonight for the Clippers. So something to consider the value is definitely better with Batum, but that's kind of my underdog prop play. I'm, I'm leaning towards Batum tonight to hit over seven and a half. Oh, that's a great, great prop right there. I'm all in. It. Let's go. Give us the <laughs> over. All right. This has been another phenomenal episode of the best gambling show ever for live i'm alex we'll be back on thursday with the real nba playoff series kicking off can't wait for it see you then the volume